This is The Sport Market, featuring the bulls and bears of sport business from coast to coast. Here's your host, Tom Manette. It is Grey Cup weekend. BC Lions aren't there, of course. They just couldn't figure out the Winnipeg Blue Bombers under Zach Caleros and company. The Bombers find themselves in their fourth consecutive Grey Cup final. Uh, of course, they've uh, uh, won a couple of times, didn't get to the, the, the three-peat, but they certainly don't want to waste or squander any more appearances. They want to add to their legacy with the win. On the other side of the coin, uh, Jay Moss and the Mantra Alouettes playing some really good football, obviously the best football of their season. Handling the Toronto Argonauts in the Eastern Final last week was surprising ease before 26,000 and change at BMO Field. Uh, Great Cup weekend, of course, uh, a lot of talk on the future of the league. Uh, what about a 10th franchise? Uh, we put it out there earlier this weekend in the sport market. You know, I believe there should be as much attention focused on Quebec City as there has been on Halifax and Atlantic Canada. I'd love to see the Canadian of of um, Mariusque Admer from you know C to C to C, so to speak, uh, of having a Halifax team. But unless there is you know support that makes a viable stadium happen, that's just going to be a pipe dream. You've got four hundred and fifty five thousand average national audience watching on RDS last week. The Alouettes win. There is a great football market in Quebec, and I think Quebec City would be a natural rivalry with Montreal, and it would set the stage. As John Festinger of Chandler Fogden Lyman said uh, earlier this weekend on the Sport Market, uh, potentially the eleventh team is the Atlantic team. But either way, get to a balanced schedule, balanced divisions of ten teams, and then build from there. It's also F1 weekend in Las Vegas, but it's also a time to consider how important it is to have kids play. play. And Kidsport BC is all over that. And they're asking their constituents, their supporters, believers in the power of sport to donate to give the gift of sport, a Sport BC campaign that gets underway next week. And we've got the director of Kidsport BC, Angela Crowther, joining us here on the sport market. And uh, Angela, we talk about the 30th anniversary of the Montreal Canadiens being the last team to win a Stanley Cup, the last Canadian-based team to win a Stanley Cup against the LA uh, Kings back in 1993. Uh, This is also the 30th anniversary of kids sport. Uh, Certainly, it has a long, proud history, and now it wants to continue to serve. Uh, How excited are you getting into this Give the Gift of Sport campaign? Yeah, good morning, Tom. It, it has been a really exciting year for kids sport here in British Columbia celebrating its 30th anniversary. Um, we take a lot of pride in the fact that the program was founded by Sport BC uh, right here in British Columbia before the program expanded nationally. Um, and over those past 30 years, we funded over 85,000 kids totaling more than $20 million. Um, and we want to continue that legacy right into the giving season here with our Give the Gift of Sport campaign. 
Uh, Angela, certainly a lot of your work is sort of marketplace surveillance, uh, prospecting for supporters, and just seeing what the needs are of uh, underserved families and, uh, uh, you know, parents and, and kids who might not have the resources uh, that that others have. It seems with inflation, cost of living, uh, there seems to be more demand, more need for kids sport grants than ever before. Yeah, the investment in sport can be difficult for many families. Like you said, the the rising cost of living is putting pressure on many British Columbians to afford just the basic necessities. Uh, And that means enrolling a child in a sport program is maybe not an option for a lot of families. And so that's why at KidSport, you know, we really try to help to offset the cost of those registration fees uh, to allow more kids to play. And how do people who believe in the power of sport, people who have a soft spot for physical activity, recreation and sport, uh, how do they best donate, especially with the the gift of uh, sport campaign upcoming? Yeah, so our Give the Gift of Sport campaign is our year-end fundraising campaign. It's entering its 12th year for Kids Sport and it officially launches on Monday, uh, November 20th. And individuals can, or companies, you know, however you want to give this holiday season can go to our website at kidsport.ca slash gift of sport. And really the beauty of Kidsport is you can support kids in your local community. So there's options on the donation form to find your local chapter, make sure you're donating to kids here in British Columbia, um, and those donations will stay local to, uh, to help kids play in your, in your local community. Uh, Angela, of course, uh, you've been exposed to sport all your life. You're a high-performance athlete. Certainly, nobody needs to tell you or sell you on uh, the power of sport and why uh, making sure that kids can play is so important for our communities uh, at large. Yeah, I mean, I've I've reaped so many benefits from sport, you know, playing uh, softball at a high level for much of my life. Um, and But it's well documented that there's a strong positive correlation between physical activity and mental health. And there's so many benefits that not only kids can reap from sport, but, but anyone who's being active. You know, it helps to fuel those healthy habits, builds leadership skills and confidence. And really, sport helps bring communities together. Um, and so we're seeing the importance of that and wanting to make sure that more kids can play. We've been seeing an, uh, a huge increase in applications, which just demonstrates the need for support. You know, I think we're going to finish somewhere 25 to 30 percent higher in our applications this year. And so just wanting to make sure that we can continue to meet that growing demand in the coming year. And that's why the Give the Gift of Sport campaign is so important to make sure that we're set up um, to support those kids in need in the coming year. We're talking to the director of Kids Sport BC, uh, uh, Angela Crowther, here on the sport market uh, and on the Sportsnet radio network. Uh, when you look at some of the success stories, the case studies, you've decentralized kids sport. There are community chapters. This isn't something that goes to a centralized vault and uh, uh, isn't um, expended or distributed. You've used these community chapters to allow each community to really customize to their needs haven't you yeah that is some of the beauty of the kids sport program is there are champions and chapters in local communities so here in british columbia we have 39 chapters in communities across the province in addition to our uh, provincial fund which serves all of the kids in communities that don't have a kids sport chapter 
And so uh, many of those chapters are run by really passionate volunteers who care about the kids and care about the sport community in their local uh, area. And so they're championing the kids sport cause in those areas. Um, And then through our provincial office, we're supporting those kids in the rest of the province. Um, And so far this year, that means we've funded over a thousand kids in communities where there aren't kids sport chapters and are seeing a huge increase in the need for support uh, in those communities as well. Uh, Angela, we've got you for another 90 seconds or so here on the sport market. Uh, certainly, uh, I'm such a big fan of the work that Sport BC and Kids Sport BC does. I have been for years, uh, going all the way back to the formation, uh, John Mills and company and Sport BC uh, back in those uh, 19 early 1990s. Uh, you've had some of your kids sport beneficiaries wind up becoming Olympians. Uh, you've had some go on to uh, NCAA or um, uh, Canadian uh, scholarships, but more importantly, you've just allowed so many kids to play. For people who think that's important, where can they go to make their donation with this campaign beginning next week? Yeah, the best place to find information or to uh, donate is to head to our website at kidsport.ca slash sport. There's all the details about the campaign um, and ways you can support in your local community uh, there. Really appreciate it. Promise to keep us posted as to how you're doing. Maybe we have a chance to connect with you again uh, next week just for a bit of an update and a bit of a nudge because I'm sure a lot of our listeners would know, uh, would like to support something that can go to that grassroots. Keep up the great work, Angela, to you and the entire team at Kids Sport BC, you and the entire team at Sport BC, and thanks for taking time out of your weekend to be with us. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tom. She is Angela Crowther, a, a, a high-performance athlete, national team member in softball, uh, certainly doing a great job uh, leading the Kids Sport BC effort. We're going to have our buy and sell effort presented by Pastime Sports and Games with uh, John Festinger of Chandler, Fogden, Lyman, and also Aziz Rajwani of UBC Saunders School of Business and Langara College School of Management. We'll do the buying and selling next right here in the sport market. We'll have a bonus round at the bottom of the hour, and then we'll also roll out the sport market pitch, our sport business proposal of the week. That and a lot more still to come on this hour of the sport market where we're rating and debating the bulls and bears of sport business on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sportsnet Radio Network. Now more of the sport market. Rating and debating the bulls and bears of sports business. moves into the league lead. Brendan Batchelor with the call earlier this week. Vancouver Canucks losing to the Calgary Flames on Thursday night, but still, and you got to pinch yourself here because this start continues to be more than just a a blip and an unsubstantiated impressive run. 
the Vancouver Canucks have got the third best record in the entire National Hockey League. And that's despite uh, the two setbacks over the past seven days. Uh, that loss to the surging Calgary Flames. When I say surging, Flames seem to be getting the goaltending from um, from Jacob Markstrom that they need to be a factor in the playoff chase. And the Edmonton Oilers also now winning three in a row going into the weekend. Uh, they, of course, needed to make the coaching change. We'll get into our panel discussion, our buy and sell panel discussion as to what we're buying will happen over the mid and long term in Edmonton. Uh, certainly a lot of ground to cover uh, this hour. We've uh, heard from Angela Crowther, the director of Kids Sport, talking about the Give the Gift of Sport uh, campaign that gets underway next week. Uh, check out the Sport BC uh, uh, website and the Kids Sport BC website for more information there. Uh, on our podium of the top three sport business stories of the week, uh, North America wide and 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 um, uh, globally, uh, we've got ESPN Bet launching Tuesday in 17 states south of the border. That's a a 10-year, $2 billion deal between Penn and ESPN. And ESPN vying to challenge DraftKings and uh, FanDuel, uh, who are really holding a duopoly south of the border when it comes to single-event sports betting. Uh, the NHL Global Series in um, uh, Stockholm, uh, certainly a big hit there in Scandinavia and in Europe, and certainly something the NHL needs to continue to do. And as I've said over and over again, there's no global marketing like being in the Olympic tournament. And that's why I'm so bullish on the fact that the NHL finally seems to have gotten its head around how important that is. Listen, all due respect to the World Cup of Hockey, that's a nice to do, but the must do is being involved in the Olympics. And I can tell you there wouldn't be so much traction in Stockholm and in Sweden if it wasn't for uh, fans anticipating that in the 2026 uh, um, uh, Winter Olympic Winter Games in Milano, Cortina, uh, that there will be, uh, of course, uh, the best on best at the Olympic Games. And our number one sport business story, it's the underbelly of sport. It's the relocation of the Oakland Athletics. But in this particular case, despite how... You know, I've been personally and professionally impacted by relocations throughout my career. I loved Montreal Expos growing up in the West Island of Montreal. Uh, They, of course, relocated to Washington. Uh, I was sad to see the Quebec Nordiques go. What a great rivalry when it was Quebec against Montreal. Uh, Certainly, I can sympathize with Winnipeg Jets fans. And I was a vice president of the old Vancouver Grizzlies who wound up relocating to Memphis in what I still think is the worst trade in, in NBA history. History. Adam Silver, of course, going on record saying that Vancouver is certainly, uh, you know, in the crosshairs of the league as a potential opportunity to expand to. But to me, nothing happens until Seattle and Vegas are put in place. That's the next pair of teams that go into the NBA. Mexico, Vancouver, Montreal are all part of the next wave. So a lot of ground to cover here this hour, and we'll do so under the auspices of our esteemed buy and sell panel. It's time to buy, sell, or hold on the sport market. The stock market of sport. Presented by Pastime Sports and Games, 
They've got a big trade night, Saturday night, November 18th at their new store in Langley. Uh, Check out the information at pastimesports.ca. But if you love collecting, you'll love trading, and you know how they're hand-in-hand. It's such a bread-and-butter part of the hobby, of uh, being a collector. And there's some real big special surprises in store for those attending tonight at the new store in Langley. John Festinger of Chandler Fogden uh, Lyman, Aziz Rajwani of the UBC Sauter School of Business, Langara College School of Management, and Tino Farah in the producer chair, uh, all part of this week's panel. Uh, John, I'll start with you. Are you buying that the Vancouver Canucks are going to continue on a good path, a great path, or stumble coming down the road? Oh, I, I think they're going to continue on a good path. They've got two really important games coming up, one, one against Colorado, one against the Kraken, um, and, uh, you know, sandwiched by a game uh, against San Jose that should be a laugher. Um, but if, if they lose two out of three, that would not be good. If they lose three out of three, that would be shockingly bad. Uh, if they win two out of three, I think that's good. And I think that keeps them, I'm not sure they're a top five NHL team, but I'm pretty sure they're headed to be a top 10 NHL team. Well, and I'll tell you, a top 10 NHL team should be more than enough to get them into the playoffs, get them into the postseason, which, of course, is a big deal in this marketplace. There's so much pent-up demand for that. Outside of the bubble experience in Edmonton, there's been almost zero to cheer for for more than a decade now. And if you want to know how tangible and how palpable the excitement of these Vancouver Canucks is, all you needed to have done is attend the Canucks alumni luncheon yesterday at the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver. I had the privilege of being invited by Peter W. Webster to be at his table, sat with Bill Ranford, who, uh, despite not having officially played a game for the Vancouver Canucks, is part of the Canucks alumni and really hails how well organized the Canucks alumni is compared to a lot of other teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, was just a few feet away uh, from uh, Daniel Sedin, a BC Sports Hall of Famer, and Rick Tockett getting a lot of praise, a lot of people uh, talking to him. And and when you hear Jim Hewson in the highlight of the whole session, which was the broadcasting legends of Jim Robson, Jim Hewson, John Shorthouse, and Tom Larshide, uh, literally just telling stories uh, uh, chaired by Joey Kenward of Sportsnet 650, uh, Jim Hewson said it all. He said when the team is losing, he would hear walking the dog in the, in Crescent Beach. But now he's, he's hearing and being given credit <laughs> for the fact that the Canucks are winning. The, the pent-up demand around a winning team, this marketplace is ready to explode if the Canucks can get past American Thanksgiving being in this in this good position. Because then you can start looking at the fact that the math is in their favor. Well, I just mentioned three more games. That takes them to 20 games. You know, the orthodoxy is once you're at 20 games, that is generally more than generally as your season will go. So that's why I'm focusing in on what the next three look like. Aziz Rajwani, UBC Sauter School of Business, Langara College School. 
Advent Aziz. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks go into the weekend at 25 points. Uh, their number three best record overall in the National Hockey League behind only the Vegas Golden Knights in their own Pacific Division and the Boston Bruins in the uh, Atlantic uh, Division. Are you buying that they're the, a top three team, a top 10, or is there a stumble in the works that you're concerned about? I'm going to go with top 10, not top three. Uh, obviously, I've been saying it consistently since, uh, you know, we started on Thanksgiving Day on Sportsnet that they'll definitely make the playoffs. And with 25 points already, I've always made that projection to be 95 points and they get to the playoffs. Well, they've got 65 games, I think, left. And uh, all they need is, you know, 25. They're already there. They need 60 points. Sorry, not 60 points, 70 points, 65 games left. So they got a bat a little bit, quote unquote, above 500 and they'll do it. And But I don't think they'll be, I think they'll be doing better. And I think what's been instilled in them is this desire to win. And not just the desire to win, but the desire to play as a team. Each of the six people out there, you do your job. Here's your job. Do it. Do it well. Short shifts. Don't stay on there too long. Play as a team. And that's exactly what they've been doing. And, you know, it, it brings me back to, you know, Coach, Coach K's words. You know, I tell my, my players, two, can, two is better than one as long as two can play as one. And it seems to me that the Canucks, six of them each time are playing as one, and that's what it's going to take. And if they consistently keep doing that, I think we'll be very, very proud at the end of the season. Aziz, it sounds like you think that they're a divisional team, not a wildcard team. Yes. Yeah, they're not a wildcard team. They'll do, they'll do better than 95. They'll definitely get to 100, in my opinion. But, you know, it's not just how they start. It's how you finish and you play throughout. They're going to go through difficult times. They're going through some injuries right now, et cetera. And that's when you have to play really well. And if you do the camaraderie in the locker room, the culture, all those kinds of things, this is where that character makes a difference. Tino Ferrer and the producer's chair, outside of being relieved that we got through one round of buy and sell without Aziz singing, what are you buying that the Vancouver Canucks are? Top three, top ten, or south of that? Uh, I mean, I would say top ten, and that's an incredible thing considering how things have been for the last you know decade or so. I think everybody should be happy. I think everyone should be ecstatic that we're even being considered a top 10 team at this stage of what people were calling a retool, a rebuild, like whatever. If we do happen to make it to a top three, like the message from me to everybody right now would just be enjoy the ride while we have it. More buy and sell next right here on the sport market. We're reading, debating the bulls and bears of sport business on Sportsnet 650 at Radio Network. The Sports Market on Sportsnet 650 presents The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. The LA Clippers may have inadvertently coined a new term, super team to super washed up team. Hey, we put together the best team in the league from 2017. Unfortunately, it's almost 2024. Lakers legend Michael Cooper dislikes LeBron James eating on the bench. Zion Williamson doesn't like where that is headed. Definitely trimming down one thing, his free agent destination list. F1 canceled the first practice session of the Las Vegas Grand Prix Thursday night due to a loose manhole cover. Racing resumed when they filled the hole in with Charles Barkley's gambling losses. 
And later they found some more manhole covers needed removal for repair. The course was riddled with little holes, like a giant roulette wheel. The venue's falling apart. The Oakland A's are going to feel right at home. Need to fill those in before next week's pogo stick race. You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson, a special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash sportmarket. You're listening to The Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Mayonecht. Here's Lafferty behind the Calgary net. Brings it out the right wing side. Bottom of the circle to the line for Myers. Long shot. Tip. They score. Niels Hoaglander in the slot. Deflects it off the crossbar and in. And the Canucks get back to within two. Hoaglander makes it 4-2 with his fourth of the season. That call, of course, courtesy of Brendan Batchelor of Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sportsnet Canucks Network here in British Columbia. And despite that loss to the Calgary Flames, the Vancouver Canucks go into the weekend with the third best record overall in the entire National Hockey League behind only the Vegas Golden Knights from their own Pacific Division. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights go into the weekend with 27 points. Boston Bruins from the Eastern Conference, the Atlantic Division, are at 26 points. And the Canucks, 12-4-1 at 25 points. Um, Upcoming opponents, of course, Seattle Kraken, Colorado uh, Avalanche, both of them very, very meaningful games. This is Buy and Sell. Presented by Pastime Sports and Games, big trade night on Saturday night at the new Langley location of Pastime Sports and Games. For more information, go to pastimesports.ca or make your make your way over to the Langley Event Center, which is the site of the Western Canada Collectibles Experience this weekend. And of course, Pastime Sports and Games has a prominent booth there. Our panel, our buy and sell panel, John Festinger, Aziz Rajwani. Tino Farah and myself, we're happy to have you along for the ride. Round two of buy and sell. We've talked about the Canucks being top three, top 10, or somewhere south of that. The consensus is they're uh, somewhere between top three and top 10. They're in that range, uh, looking to be a divisional team, not necessarily a wildcard team. And that leads to our second round. Uh, John Festinger. How many Canadian teams are you buying make the Stanley Cup playoffs? Keeping in mind that if the playoffs began today, you'd have three of the seven Canadian-based teams, Toronto in a divisional spot in the Eastern Conference, the unheralded Winnipeg Jets in a divisional spot in the Central Division and the Western Conference, and of course the Vancouver Canucks. Does it stay at those three making it, and is that as good as it gets, or do the rejuvenated Calgary Flames and Edmonton others get into the fray i'm gonna say both calgary and edmonton i have way more confidence in edmonton making it we keep talking about calgary is rejuvenated i don't think i think as soon as the going gets tough jacob markstrom has a tendency to fold um so i'm i'm not sure that they're gonna make it all the way but let's say five so John Festinger is suggesting there'll be five of seven Canadian teams. And of course, my over under on this has been the same for years now. If you get four of the seven Canadian based teams into the playoffs, 
you're giving enough for rights holders like Sportsnet on television and radio and others to work with. Uh, three and south of that is slim pickings from a Canadian perspective. Of course, five is an abundance uh, and and would be terrific. Of course, I'm the kind of guy I'd love to see all seven Canadian teams make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Aziz Orjwani, uh, how many... Canadian teams are you buying make this year's Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, I was going to go I was going to go with four with Edmonton being in there as well. Now, obviously Winnipeg seems to be punching above their weight at present and hopefully that will continue and Calgary seems to be punching below their weight. Uh, you know, and it to me it seems like that's going to continue, but I think the Oilers make it. So so I think four out of seven is still a majority and majority of Canadian teams making it that would be good and you know when it happens, because Canadians are in sort of a rebuild, uh, maybe two years down the road, they're in the playoffs. Then we can hopefully talk about consistently having five Canadian teams in the playoffs. And that would obviously be great for rights holders and broadcast partners across the country. You know, the Winnipeg Jets are unbelievably under the radar here. Uh, everybody's talking about the disappointing Oilers start and the impressive Canucks start. Not enough people are talking about the start that the Winnipeg Jets have gotten off to. And if they can get consistently good goaltending from Connor Hellebuck, uh, they should be able to translate that for the uh, long term. Uh, John Festinger, uh, you were going to weigh in before we heard from Tino Farah in the producer's chair. Well, just one other team... Um... Um, and I'm going to stick with my five because I don't think we should count out Ottawa. Exactly. I, I, I think Ottawa has. So I, I probably like Ottawa better than Calgary, but I'm going to go Ottawa or Calgary as the fifth team. Uh, Ottawa is improving. They've had adversity. Really not far behind the wild card. Uh, John Fester, of course, will be announced next week as uh, the general manager of the Ottawa Senators replacing Pierre Dorian, reporting to Steve Steos. Uh, Tino Farah and the producer's chair, how many are you buying out of, this, out of the group of seven Canadian-based teams? How many of them make this year's playoffs? Yeah, I'm going to go with four. I think Vancouver and Toronto are locks right now. I'm glad that you guys brought up Winnipeg because I think that a lot of people are sleeping on them, and I do think that they're in it for the long run. They're, just, they're a team that everybody seems to doubt year after year, but they consistently just find a way to get it done. And I do think that Edmonton is going to right the ship with this newfound, I don't know, positivity on their side now, a new coach. Maybe they're a little bit rejuvenated. I think Calgary's out. And uh, sorry, John, but I I have no faith in Ottawa. You know, I'm going to be much more like Tino Farah than I am John Festinger or Aziz Rajwani on this simply because I, I do believe the Leafs, the Jets, and the Canucks are on their way to divisional playoff berths. I also feel that the Edmonton Oilers, given the talent, the sheer offensive talent that they have, uh, most notably uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they make the playoffs as a wild card despite their horrendous start. They're now up to 5-9-1. and one. I mean, that's not a Stanley Cup uh, a contending team, but... They've won three straight. They've made the coaching change. Let's see how long that 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 bump, the knoblock bump, so to speak, lasts. But I would add the Oilers to make it four of seven Canadian teams. I just don't think uh, the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, have enough depth this year. They're going to continue to get better. Brady Kachuk is an absolute wonder. Um, Stutzel and others are really great young talents, but not this year. 
guys, uh, round three of Buy and Sell presented by Pastime Sports and Games. If you want more information on the big trade night, Saturday night at the new Langley location of Pastime Sports and Games, just check out the website at pastimesports.ca. Some special surprises in store tonight that you just don't want to miss if you're a collector in the hobby. Uh, John Festinger, who are you buying to win the 110th Grey Cup this weekend in Hamilton? Uh, the Montreal Alouettes just have to go Al's go. Uh, brings back wonderful memories. So I don't care about the realities of the teams. I care about the Alouettes. Uh, what what I care about is also admitting where I was so badly wrong. Uh, I mean, I wasn't wrong in saying that the Leos needed um, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. to have the same kind of game that he had against the Calgary Stampeders, but it just wasn't enough. And Oliveira and uh, Caleros were just dynamos for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're in their fourth consecutive Grey Cup championship game. Aziz Rajwani, are you buying Bombers or Alouettes? Um, I'm going to go with the with the Bombers, but I just want to go through a little bit of history. Um you know, Montreal hasn't been there since uh, 2010. Uh, you know, 2008, I was at the Great Cup. You were too in Montreal. 2009, we were in Calgary. And, you know, what do they say in French? Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose, meaning the more things change, the more they stay the same. Well, Saskatchewan would have won it, except Montreal got a second field goal attempt because there were 13 men. Just happened to the Bills this Monday. They had 12 men because it's the NFL. And these things happen, but Montreal was there three years in a row. Eight, nine, ten, nine Calgary, ten Edmonton. Winnipeg Blue Bombers have made four in a row, Grey Cups. They've won two, lost last year to the Argonauts. But I just think they're too, too, uh, too talented a team to lose to the Alouettes. I would like the Alouettes to win, but I think I'm going to put my money on the Blue Bombers. Yeah, I'm going to say once bitten, twice shy. I bought against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I bought in favor of the BC Lions. I, I was a, a fully certified homer in terms of that prediction. I'm not going to go against the Bombers a second consecutive week. Uh, I'm calling for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, to win their third uh, Grey Cup uh, in this uh, rendition of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and certainly they're one of the best organizations both on and off the field in the CFL. Tino Farah in the producer's chair, who are you buying as winners of the 110th Grey Cup? My heart is telling me Montreal. My brain is telling me Winnipeg. Uh, I Last weekend, like you, I listened to my heart and uh, was rooting for the BC Lions, so I don't think I can bet against the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers. Last round, guys, of Buy and Sell presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Their locations include the new store in Langley, site of tonight's big trade night, uh, Burnaby Metro Town, Tawasson Mills, and also Guildford Town Centre in Surrey off the 152nd Street exit off Highway Trans-Canada Highway number 1. And the quick final round is this. Seattle Seahawks, Los Angeles Rams, very important NFC West Division uh, playoff. Uh, John Festinger, are you buying Geno Smith and the uh, uh, Seahawks makeup for that horrendous season opener, or do the Rams have the Seahawks number? Um, I would love to say that.
make up for it. I just don't think it's realistic. I think you have to see it as it is, even though I picked the Alouettes. Um, and I'm going to go with the Rams, I'm afraid. Aziz Rajwani, are you buying Rams or Seahawks? Oh, I'm definitely going Seahawks this time. I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford, we don't know what his injury status is and how, how well he's feeling. But still, I think the Seahawks, they had a little down week two weeks ago. Uh, last week, uh, they're better, and I think they'll continue on that on that trajectory this, this week. Tino Farah in the producer's chair. Momentum, baby. Go Hawks. <laughs> There's not a lot of momentum, but yeah. Well, you know, we they, only need a little they, bit. It, what, what momentum? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know what? Uh, I... My my heart says Seahawks. My brain says that Matthew Stafford and the Rams wind up pulling it out here. Uh, I I hope I'm uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a close win by the Seahawks. But uh, there just hasn't been enough consistency. Yes, that impressive comeback at the end uh, by uh, Geno Smith uh, uh, sort of put him back in a lot of fans' uh, good books. But uh, I I'm just not convinced in a matchup against Matthew Stafford uh, that he does the job. That is Buy and Sell, presented by Pastime Sports and Games. Big shout out and thank you to John Festinger of Chandler, Fogden, Lyman, also the UBC Law School and uh, TRU in Kamloops, B.C., also to Aziz Rajwani, UBC Sada School of Business, Langara College School of Management, and Tino Farah in the producer's chair. Thanks for everything you guys do for the sport market. Next up... It's the Sport Market Pitch, our Sport Business Proposal of the Week. That's next as we continue to rate and debate the bulls and bears of sport business on Sportsnet 650 Vancouver and the Sport Market Radio Network. You're listening to the Sport Market on Sportsnet 650. Five to shoot. Durant pulls. Kevin Durant making his impact on the Phoenix Suns. Uh, James Harden making his impact on the LA Clippers. Not as positive, of course, as the return of uh, of KD, of Kevin Durant. Uh, the Toronto Raptors licking their wounds after a Friday night loss to the now 10-2 Boston Celtics. Uh, the Boston Celtics, number three in the sport market power ranking. Go to sportsnet.ca slash 650. Check out the show page uh, for this week's power rankings. Blending, of course, uh, the wins and losses on the field, uh, on the ice, on the court, on the pitch, with the business operations success. Uh, The Celtics as a heritage brand, as a a long-time franchise, uh, the Basically, the winningest in NBA history. They've got a terrific multi-generational uh, national following, and that scores heavily, uh, especially when they're off to such a good start again this year. It's uh, time to check out this week's Sport Business Proposal of the Week. Here's the Sport Market Pitch. You're up. Tom Mayonex, Sports Business Proposals of the Week. All connected to the Grey Cup and the Grey Cup Festival, which is on tap Sunday at the Hammer, Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton, Ontario. 
first part of the pitch is that the CFL should definitely do what it's saying it's going to do, stick with Saturday playoffs leading to the Sunday Grey Cup. 43% increase year over year in television ratings by moving from the Sunday to the Saturday. And we projected as much here a couple of weeks ago on the sport market. You basically pick your poison. Do you want to go against the casual sports fans who are tuning into the NFL product, especially young fans on any given Sunday, or do you go against the um, very sizable uh, hockey fan market in this country uh, and go against Hockey Night in Canada? So keep it on the Saturdays. But my pitch is similar to what we talked about last week. Uh, the second pitch is similar to what we talked about last week is adjust the timing. There's no need for the Eastern game to have to be as late as it was. If you had an Eastern game starting at 1 o'clock Pacific, 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time. Uh, a lot of fans are used to watching 10 a.m. Uh, NFL football on Sundays. There wouldn't be a big adjustment for that Eastern game. Then you can get both divisional finals in with very little, if any, overlap against the early and big drawing Hockey Night in Canada uh, doubleheader. And then you stay clear uh, for the rest of the evening. And then the third part of the pitch And I know that, you know, Jim Mullen, who I respect so much, he's such an advocate and champion of football, a chair of uh, uh, Canada football. He likes the uh, CFL where it is, you know, one week earlier than providing a spotlight opportunity for uh, varsity football and junior football in this country. But I still am not giving up hope nor belief that a Grey Cup festival that is comprised of the Grey Cup itself, the Vanier Cup, the Canadian Junior Championship, and maybe even a, a Canadian College Football Championship and or Canadian High School Football Championship, roll it all out in a massive Grey Cup festival over the course of a big week. Obviously, you need to have hotel room capacity and 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 uh, convention space to accommodate it. But I still think that would be a massive celebration of three down football and Canadian football. So those are the three parts of my pitch to Commissioner Randy Ambrosi and the Canadian Football League. We're going to get a quick weigh-in from Aziz Rajwani, the UBC Sauter School of Business and Langara College School of Management. Uh, do you agree with all three parts of the pitch, two of the three, one of the three, or are you going to shut me out, Aziz? I agree with you on all three points. That's a strike straight down the middle, and I agree with it totally. I mean, make it a football palooza. Uh, you know, Canadian football palooza. Have the high school championship, you know, have the uh, Canadian high school sort of type championship. The university colleges playing and the ultimate Grey Cup champions and do it over a week where you literally celebrate Canadian football and also do it the week that's, you know, before the U.S. Thanksgiving, which they, you know, because they moved up the Grey Cup uh, to one week. Uh, usually used to be towards the end of November. They moved it up a week. All of those things, I think, are great ideas. But I've had more of a celebratory event where kids of all ages can participate and actually participate not just off the field, but actually on the field. Uh, Aziz, it sounds like we're aligned and we'll file that sport business proposal, of course, uh, uh, with the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. Uh, listen, more good than I bad. I after the Lions game. Yes, go ahead. Two weeks ago, you know, at the, at the hotel, at the Park Hotel or whatever it was, I saw him there. I didn't approach him at the bar, but... 
you know, just kind of waved, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's 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 at the bar where you want to throw these pitches. Uh, you know, they're, they're, that's where the, the, the best mood for something new is. Aziz, thanks so much for doing this. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, big shout out and congratulations to Tennis Canada, to Heidi Altabak, to the members of the Canadian Billie Jean King Cup team. Certainly a dream come true. Them winning last week, the world team I don't even know what to say, man. I am just so, so proud of this team. These girls are incredible. I mean, this is a dream come true. And, uh, you know, it's just so surreal. I'm just so happy. So happy for the team. So happy for everyone. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Check it out. Canada is the reigning Billie Jean Cup Billie Jean King Cup women's team champion globally and the reigning Davis Cup champion globally. It's unbelievable. Canada is truly emerging as a tennis nation, completely qualified as such. We'll close out this hour with a lighter side take on the business of sport. The Sports Market on Sportsnet 650 presents the Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson. The Vegas Golden Knights visited the President of the United States Tuesday. Joe Biden said, welcome to the White Castle. Did you see where Connor Bedard said he's never heard of Pearl Jam? That's interesting. Someone needs to ask Victor Wembanyama about Nirvana. I can't wait to hear CJ Stroud's thoughts about Soundgarden. If I could just think of a baseball rookie anyone's heard of, I'd like to get his opinion on Allison Chain. Those daily sports phone games are fun. Puck Doku. Sounds like a Star Wars character. I love it when fans throw their cat for a hat trick, but it doesn't make it to the ice. Guy in the third row, I just got a new hat. Or in Boston, I just got a new case of head lice. The Kansas City Chiefs became the first team to win in four different countries. U.S., England, Mexico, and Germany. Come on up anytime, say the Blue Bombers. You've been listening to The Rolfson Report, the comedy of sport with Torben Rolfson, a special feature of the sport market. Listen again on the podcast and stay tuned Tuesdays at noon at facebook.com slash sportmarket.